This is a LifeGate Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we encourage you to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. If you want to find out more about who we are, visit lifegate.org.au. Hi, thank you for joining us today. My name's Nathan. I'm the lead pastor of LifeGate Church. We're going to pray and then we're going to look at God's word together. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for this opportunity to gather in the name of Jesus, in our homes, in front of our computers. Father, we pray that you would speak to us today, that you would move in our lives, that you would change us, that we will be people of faith, not of fear. And Father, as I speak now, that you would give me what I need by your spirit to speak clearly, to speak in a way your people can understand. Help me to remember what I prepared, God, and present this really clearly so lives are impacted in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, it was the year 2000. It was the beginning of January and I was on beach mission. Now, beach mission is a time where a bunch of Christians go to a caravan park, usually on the east coast of New South Wales. And they go there with the, with the intention of sharing their faith in Jesus. And that was what I was doing up at Fingal Bay, year 2000, beginning of January. And we'd done a lot of programs and we uh, got to one of the last nights and, and, and I was coming back to our site for some reason. And about halfway back to our site, one of the girls on our team, she was about 19, her, na- her name was Melody. I was about 22 at the time. This 19-year-old girl came up to me and she came up to me really closely, which I thought was strange. She looked into my eyes and said, Nathan, kiss me. You know you want to. Now that... I was a bit shocked because I didn't want to. And let me say that was just a very awkward moment. You know, the reason I share that story with you today is because we go through moments, seasons in life that are unexpected, that are a surprise to us, things we simply don't expect. Now, some of these surprises can be really good. If you're wanting to have a baby um, and you get pregnant, that is a great surprise, or maybe you want to have a relationship and you go into a new relationship, which is also a great surprise. Or maybe you land in some money that you didn't expect. That, that, that's, again, a great surprise. But there are things that we go through in life that are really difficult, things that we don't expect that are, that are a surprise to us. That could be financial hardship. Maybe you've just lost your job and that's a surprise to you. Maybe it's some sort of physical sickness or the death of a loved one. They're difficult surprises that we have in our lives. Maybe you see a friend's relationships in trouble, which you didn't expect. Or maybe you're having conflict with someone you didn't expect. And then we have all this stuff around the COVID-19, stuff that none of us expected, which is, which is really difficult for lots of people. And the thing, about these, the thing about these surprises, these difficult surprises, is that they're regularly outside our control. This COVID-19 thing is way outside our control. The death of a loved one is outside our control. Losing a job due to COVID-19, again, is outside our control. And you know what? These situations that are difficult, that are outside our, that are outside our control, you know, we can't control the situation. But what we can control is our attitude. What we can control is our thinking. What we can control is our response. 
And it's in these moments where things are difficult, we get to choose whether we're going to be people of fear or faith. You know, when we're people of fear, it means that fear is the thing that drives us. Fear is the thing that leads us forward. It's the thing that keeps us up at night. It, it inhibits our steps. It, it holds us back. Fear can control us. But when we talk about living by faith, living by trust in God, that means that we are relying upon him, that we're getting the things that we're concerned about and anxious about and saying, God, I now give that to you. We then live free from fear and we live a life where we know that God is in control, where we can rely on him, where we can trust him. And that's what I want to speak about this morning. The difference between living by fear or by faith. Our text this morning is from Exodus chapter 14. And in Exodus chapter 14, we have these people in a really difficult situation. The large group of people choose fear, but Moses chooses faith. Exodus chapter 14. Friends, it's it's the year about 1500 BC, 1500 years before Jesus. And God's people are in Egypt and they're in slavery. They have been treated really poorly by the Egyptians. They've been building their cities. They've been running their homes. They've been doing all the work for the Egyptians. The people are oppressed. God's people cry out to God. God hears the prayers and sends a deliverer. He sends Moses. God appears to Moses at a burning bush and tells Moses his promises that he's going to rescue his people out of Egypt and he's going to bring them to a mountain where they're going to hear his law and they're going to worship him. They knew the promises of Abraham that God was going to give them a land. God was going to make them a great people. These are the promises God had for his people and God told them again to Moses. And so Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, let the people go. And Moses says, and not Moses, and Pharaoh says, no, over and over again, as God sends these plagues that go specifically against the, the gods of Egypt. And eventually after the plague of gnats and flies and boils and, and the river turning into blood and the death of the firstborn, after 10 plagues, Pharaoh eventually says, okay, go, we've had enough. So God brings with Moses 600,000 men plus women, children, cattle, property out of Egypt. It's called the Exodus, which means out of, a massive Exodus out of that nation. And they're heading to the mountain, Mount Sinai, where they're going to worship God and get his law. God takes them through the desert down to the edge of the Red Sea. And at the edge of the Red Sea, they have the Red Sea on one side, the desert on the other, that the Israelites then see Pharaoh and his army coming. Pharaoh decided that he wanted back his slaves. He wanted, he wanted the people to continue to build the cities, to work in the homes, to do the crops, to do all the work for them. And they went back to get him. But when the Israelites saw the 600 chariots and the army coming, they freaked out because they thought they were going to be killed. And that's where we pick up this text from Exodus chapter 14. Now, this text is in three parts. The first part is that the Israelites are afraid, the first two verses. The next part tells us that Moses chooses faith over fear. And the third part tells us that God speaks. Let's look at the first part, Exodus 14, verse 10. As Pharaoh approached the Israelites, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified. 
and cried to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the, into the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Friends, the Israelites are afraid. They are terrified for their lives. And in the natural, it made perfect sense. The About 2 million people are there with children, with women, with elderly men and women, the families, they're all there together. And they see the chariots coming, Pharaoh's army coming, and they believed they were going to go and kill them all. They didn't have the chariots or the warfare like the, like the Egyptian army had, the most powerful nation on the planet at, the, at, at that time. They were a superpower at that time. And the Israelites were afraid for their lives. And in the natural, it made perfect sense. But that's not how Moses responded. Let's look at how Moses responded in verse 13. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord your God will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Moses was in the same situation as as the Israelites. And maybe he felt even more concerned because he was the leader. He was carrying the responsibility of the people. He was the one leading them. And he's led them to a place where they have the sea on one side, the army on the, the other, nowhere to go. It would make total sense for Moses to be totally afraid in that moment. But Moses doesn't choose fear. He chooses faith. And he declares, stand firm and you will see the deliverance of our God. The Lord is fighting for you. You only need to be still. You do not need to be afraid. Moses chooses to put his trust in God. Even when the situation around him seems like absolute chaos. Moses chooses fear. No, Moses chooses faith over fear. The third part in this text is what God says he's going to do. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them and I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. And if you continue to read the story, the waters parted, the Israelites go through, and as the Egyptians chase them, the water comes across and the Egyptian army drowns and they're destroyed and God's people are rescued and they're safe. They've been delivered from the Egyptians. Now, something that's really interesting in this story is the sequence of events. The sequence of events are the Israelites are terrified because they see that they see Pharaoh and his army. Moses makes a declaration of faith, put your trust in God. 
And then we have God declaring what he's going to do. But that sequence of events isn't, isn't the normal way. See, what you would expect is this. You'd expect the Israelites to be afraid. You would expect God to speak. And then for Moses to choose faith over fear. God has spoken to us, therefore this is what he's going to do. That's not what we see in this text. We see these two reversed. The Israelites are afraid. Moses chooses faith over fear. And then God speaks. It's an interesting sequence. And the thing I want to say to you is this. Moses didn't know what God was going to do when he made that declaration of faith. Stand firm. God is going to deliver you. God is fighting for you. He didn't know what God was going to do when he made that declaration. But Moses knew who God was, what God had done, and he knew his promises for his people. I'm going to read that again. That's really, really important. But Moses knew who God was, what God had done, and his promises for his people. And because Moses knew that, he could stand and declare, you do not need to be afraid. God will deliver you. The Lord is fighting for you. You only need to be still. He could make that declaration because he knew who God was. He knew what he'd done in the past by getting his people out of Egypt, by speaking to him from the burning bush, by doing miraculous signs through Moses' hands. And Moses knew God's promises. And because he knew God's promises, he could make that declaration. You know, God made many promises to his people. God promised that he would bring his people out of Egypt, which he did. God promised to Moses that he would bring them out into the desert to a mountain to worship him and get his law. That was in their future. Moses knew God's promise that the people would have a land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and they would be a great nation in a new land. He knew that promise, and that promise had not yet been fulfilled yet. He knew God's promise that the people, the people of Israel would be, were to be a light to the world. And because he knew God's promises, he could declare, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of our God. And the, and the thing I want you to grab, friends, sitting at home, sitting in front of your computer, I'm praying that God is going to use this today. This message is going to speak to your heart. He's going to speak to your mind. And you're going to live differently today because of, what, because of this, this moment right here. Friends, we can declare over our lives, we, I do not need to be afraid. I'm going to stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord because the Lord is fighting for me. I do not need to be afraid. I can declare that over my life because of these things that Moses says are true are also true for us because I know what God has done for me through his death and resurrection, through providing for me, by meeting my needs, through healing my body. I know what he's done in the past. I know his character, that he's a God of love and a God of mercy, a God who's kind, a God who walks with me, a God who never fails me. And I know his promises that are for me. And the New Testament is full of promises in the new covenant that are for me. And because of his promises, I can say I do not need to be afraid. I know my God is fighting for me. I'm going to put my trust in him. Here are some promises that we see in the New Testament, Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those 
who love Him and have been called according to His purpose. God works for the good. God is fighting on our behalf. He's moving things around so that, so that we, so that there is good come out of them. God is working on our behalf. In Philippians 4, it says, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And the context there is physical needs. Paul says that God will meet our physical needs. God is our provider. We see it in Matthew 6 that God talks in Matthew 7, the birds and the fields, and that God will provide for us. Hebrews 13.5, another promise when you feel like you're on your own, that God will never leave us, nor will he forsake us. Another promise from James 1.5, if you need wisdom, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. If you need to know what to do in a certain situation, ask God and he says that he will give you wisdom for that situation. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, if you're struggling with temptation, if you're being bombarded with the enemy, there are your friends and people are trying to lead you astray, you're in temptation. The word says that God gives you a way out. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. That's what God does. Another promise for us. 2 Corinthians 1.3. If you're struggling through a difficult situation, God promises his comfort. The God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles. It's another promise of God that he promises to comfort us. The Lord promises to forgive us. There's Colossians 3. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven us, as the Lord forgave you. God wants us to forgive. God's promises that if we come to him, if we ask for forgiveness, he promises to forgive us. And one of the greatest promises in the Bible from John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that everybody who believes in him may not perish but have everlasting life. Friends, if you're a believer in Jesus this morning, the previous scripture said your sin is forgiven. And here it says you have eternal life by putting your trust in Jesus. That is a promise for us that at the end of this life, as our body continues to break down as we get older, on that last day when we, when we take our last breath, we go and be with Jesus forever. It is a beautiful promise. It is something that we can put our trust and hope in. There is no fear in death for a Christian because we have the hope of eternal life forever with Jesus, with the God, with his Holy Spirit in eternity. Friends, these are God's promises for us. God is moving for us. He is walking alongside us. He is providing for us. He is bringing good out of difficult situations for us. Friends, God is fighting for us. If you look back through the history of the Bible, we see God fighting for his people. If you've been a Christian for some time, you will see that God has been fighting for you in your life. You will see that God is fighting for you now and will fight for you in the future. God is fighting for you. He is the one who will open doors that need to be opened. He is the one that will give you opportunities when you need opportunities. He is the one that will make a change in your situation as you believe him, as you pursue him for that change. 
He's the one who can heal bodies. He's the one who can restore relationships. He's the one that meets financial need. He's the one that can change that difficulty in the workplace. He's the one that can sort out that conflict. He's the one that can bring that child who's run away, who's, who's run away from all your dreams for them and bring them back. He's the one who can rescue your marriage. Friends, God is the one who has fought, who's fought for you in the past, who is fighting for you in the present and will fight for you in the future. You can trust him. You do not need to live in fear. You can trust him. You know who he is. You know what he's done and you know his promises for you. You can trust him for our God is fighting for you. So friends, we have a choice. We get to choose to live in fear or we get to live in faith. We get to choose. We can allow fear to control us, to keep us up at night. We can allow worry to set the direction and the path of our life. Or we can choose to be free from fear and put our faith in God and trust Him and rely on Him for He is faithful. He is trustworthy. He is reliable. He is the one that has loved us and gave himself for us and he's fighting for us even now. Great promises for us. And so we have a choice to live in fear or to live by faith. You know, as I look back over my life, you know, really I've had a really great life. I really have. I've been blessed in so many areas. God has just blessed me. But like everybody, I've been through some tough seasons. And as I reflect on the tough seasons, I think there have been seasons where I've put my faith in God and trust in God and walk with God and, and I've been free from fear. But there's been other situations where I've been like the Israelites who had seen what God had done by getting them out of Egypt, by seeing as they walked through the desert the pillar a fire at night and the cloud in the day to lead their steps. They saw the miraculous wonders of their God. They'd heard the stories and they, and they knew the promises. And yet, when they got in that situation, they were terrified and afraid. And I think back to seasons in my life where I was like that. I think back to one of them in my first year of ministry. I inherited a leadership team that weren't for me. They, and they wanted to, they, they didn't want me in this role. And the thing was, God had spoken to me the year before saying that I was going to be leading the church that year. I'd just done Bible college. I'd just done volunteer ministry for years and years and years, and I was ready. I knew God had spoken to me. I'd know what God had done. I knew his promise. I knew his word. And so part of me was living in faith. Then the other part of me was seeing the situation and the conflict with the leaders and, and worrying about how it was all going to turn out and what's the way forward. And so I knew the promise. I knew what God had said. And then I'm still over here in fear thinking about conflict and what could happen. And in that moment, I had to continue to tell myself, Nathan, choose faith over fear. Choose to trust God and not be afraid. And as I share that story this morning, I wonder if you can relate to it. There are situations in your life right now where you're afraid. You know the promises of God. You know what God has done in the past. And so because of that, you have, 
You can choose faith because you know who God is and what he's done. But you're currently living in fear. What is that area for you this morning? What is that area of your life where you're choosing fear over faith? Here's the question for you this morning, the question that I love you to talk about during morning tea. What is one area of your life where you need to choose faith over fear? Where, where is that area where you're currently living in fear? And you, and you know you need to hand that fear over to God, hand that situation over to him and simply trust him with that situation. What is that for you this morning? We're about to go to morning tea and I would love you to discuss this in our campuses. But before we finish, I want to talk to those who are watching who have not yet made a decision to follow Jesus. You know, I just put up a heap of Bible verses around God's promises for us. And there's many, many promises. But these promises only become a promise or a reality if you're one of God's people. Now, what I mean by that is if you've become a Christian, if you've chosen to follow Jesus, if you've asked him to forgive you for your sin and you asked him to follow you, by doing that, you become one of God's people on this planet. And then his, prom- his promises become a reality in your life. So if you want eternal life, like John 3.16 said, if you want forgiveness of sin, like Colossians 3 said, if you want God to never leave you nor forsake you, like Hebrews 13 said, you need to become a Christian. And if you want to become a Christian, you can do that right now. I'm going to pray a prayer. I encourage you to pray this prayer in your heart after me. It will be a prayer that God will hear and you'll become one of God's children if you mean it from your heart. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for us and rose from the dead. God, I'm sorry for my wrongdoing. Please forgive me. I choose to follow Jesus all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, if you just prayed that prayer, you've become a Christian. And that is the best decision you could ever make. Because now you have eternal life, your sin is forgiven, and God promises to be with you always. Please let us know that you prayed that prayer. If you're part of our church, tell your life group leader, tell a Christian friend. Or if you're not yet part of our church and you're considering this Jesus thing, encourage you to go to the website, click on Start Here, New Here, and put in your details, and one of us will get in contact with you and help you along in this journey. It is the most important decision you could ever make. Now, what I want to do as we close is pray for each one of us who's thinking about this question around faith and fear. I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray that God would reveal to him, that God would reveal to you more clearly who you are, his promises for you, what he's done, and that he will give you the ability to trust him and to hand over those situations of fear. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for this passage in Exodus 14, where we see the people afraid, but Moses makes that declaration of faith, even before he knew what you were going to do. And Father, we can make those declarations of faith over our lives, 
even when we're not sure what you're going to do because we know who you are, we know what you've done and we know that you're fighting for us because of the promises that you've made. Father, in every, in every situation where we're fearful, help us to put our trust in you. Help us to see you as the promise keeper and to rely upon you and your promises that we will be free from fear. And in this moment, I encourage you to bring to God that area of fear. I'm going to pause for a few seconds. Tell God that area of fear, that area of fear, and tell Him that you want to choose to trust Him in that area. Pray that now. Father, I pray for every person who's just committed those things to you. Father, I pray that you would pour your spirit upon them, that you would give them reassurance that you are the God who loves them, that they would know your presence with them, that they would know your promises deep in their heart. Father, give them your peace as they hand over these things to you. And may your hand be upon each one of their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening this morning. Thanks for being part of another LifeGate online experience. I encourage you to go to Morning Tea, go to the the Zoom IDs, connect in with everybody else. Hey, have a great week. Thanks for being part of it. Thanks for joining us on the LifeGate Church Podcast. Our church is a place to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers.